Well, he's with me as always on this time at uh, Wednesday afternoons, Philip Malloy. Uh, and we talk, I have to say, as we have done for the last 13 years, about our love affair with the cinema. Um, the Really, I suppose, you, Philip and I are like uh, two uh, men uh, and with a love affair with different women. Uh, Philip really, <laughs> Philip's love affair is invariably with younger women about modern Sheila movies. Sheila Wayman is listening to this. <laughs> about new uh, movies that come out all the time, whereas I'm sort of in love with older women of movies of the past. So Fair I'm not. very lucky that Philip comes in here, of course, to keep me up to date. Because mm. otherwise, Philip, I have to say... I wouldn't be up to date. Oh, no, no. I mean, you have a good knowledge of the cinema, which but appears to But tell me about uh, our latest releases. Okay. Well, first of all, as you know, most weeks now throughout the summer, uh, in most weeks throughout the summer, we've had um, one of these uh, superhero movies, one of these big sort of, a lot of them are Marvel-backed, some of them are Disney-backed, uh, but they're, they're superhero movies. And this week's one, it's actually out tomorrow, is The Fantastic Four and I think the Fantastic Four was one of the earliest of the Marvel comic books. And it's basically, uh, this is an origins, what they call an origin story. It's made by 20th Century Fox. 20th Century Fox tried to do it in 2005 with a sequel in 2007, and it didn't work. So they dropped it, and they've gone back to it again. All the Hollywood studios are constantly looking for what they call franchise vehicles. But if and it's failed twice, what certainty is that they're going to fail uh, third time? Well, well, if you saw it, you'd, you'd really find some, uh, some meaning in that question. Uh, it's very, very poor. It's very disappointing. Uh, but it just explain something mm, here. And this mm. is now my my old woman, young mo- woman talking yeah. in the sense I'm going back in time, right? Mm. The great filmmakers, um, like Goldwyn, who, yeah. who was a, a pretty uneducated Jew from Eastern Europe. That's Isn't Sam, that so? That's Sam. Sam, Sam, Sam Goldwyn, yeah. yeah. Now, great character. But he knew what a movie was. Yeah. It seems these guys, these executives in Hollywood, don't know what a good movie is. But, 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 well, okay, as well as that, there are people, there are filmmakers, there's the Howard Hawkses, the John Fords, uh, the Orson Welleses and people like that who who just innately... Uh, felt what was right with a movie. I, I'm going to talk to you in a few minutes about a John Frankenheimer film called The Train, which I, I looked at and I looked at the comment. Okay, to the don't com- don't go there no, yet. The commentary on it last night, but he was. Sure, you should listen to him and the way he talks about camera angles and using wide angles and uh, low angles and all this and what they mean to him. And these were guys again who to whom uh, and okay, he came originally from television, but um, these were generally people who uh, okay. Who 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 knew what worked in the cinema? But and clearly, these guys with the Fantastic Four don't know what works in cinema. Well, there's there's a, a lot of a lot of them around at the moment, and uh, in this case, uh, okay, Fantastic Four. Um, it's about um, four sort of scientists who are trying to develop what they call a teleporter, and. Uh, the, the, this the idea is that this would trans uh, transfer them to a new dimension. So they go, they land, they, they set off on this thing, and they they land on this barren planet. And while they're on the planet, this 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 wind 
this green wind envelops them and they all they acquire special powers as a result of the green wind now i mean that's 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 what it is george it sounds very childish the whole act thing actually feels like a it's it's more towards the adolescent end of the uh, the superheroes market uh, i don't think it works at all uh, it's 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 a, it has no character. You wouldn't expect great character depth in it, but it has virtually none. The storytelling is poor and predictable. As I say, it's an origin story. Origin stories are meant to tell you where these guys came from. Oh yeah, and we've seen it again and again. Yeah. Now, this is great because we are old enough in our different ways mm. probably to have watched Lassie, mm. didn't we? Mm. Uh, with uh, Roddy McDowell, was Roddy it? McDowell, Liz Taylor, uh, Mickey Rooney was in it. And they were all kids they were all at kids, this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were all under, you'd mentioned it earlier, they were all under contract to NGM. Yeah, and Lassie. And we loved it as kids. Mm. Now, you've got a dog movie, but it no, doesn't we, sound like Lassie. No, it's not like, like like Lassie, but we haven't had, actually, we haven't had dog movies for a while. Right. And uh, We're in the movie. Yeah, this, this guy, this yeah. dog, this dog is called Max, and he actually is an Alsatian-type dog, so he's quite akin to Rin Tin Tin. Uh, but anyway, the, the, this movie, Max, was made by MGM, uh, which was the company that made uh, Lassie Come Home. And uh, it, it, the, the dog, I suppose, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of conventional man and his dog story about this Alsatian-like dog, as I say, who's employed by the U.S. Marines to sniff out danger in Afghanistan. And uh, when his handler, a guy called Kyle, is killed in an ambush, this, the, it traumatizes the dog. And uh, the dog is shipped back home to the United States. And just before he's about to be put down, Kyle's fa- grieving family says that they'll take him over. And from there, this kind of central relationship develops between Max and Kyle's rebellious younger brother. And they play kind of complementary roles in each other's lives after that, stumbling into this nefarious uh, arms dealing scheme and finding that Kyle's debt may have been, may not have been the straightforward thing that they all believed it was. It's the dog is used very, very credibly. Um, I I don't know to what extent there was CGI involved, but it looks incre- it looks credible anyway. And uh, but there isn't that much tension or character depth made in Texas, and it looks actually as if it was um, partly aimed at the patriotic market, as you know, patriotic market in American cinema or the fate-based sort of market. Uh, Why does uh, does Max pray every night? They're, well, they're they're very patriotic. The, the, right. These these people. So, okay. Um, All right. Now. Um, there, there's a sexy movie this yeah. week, which is unusual for you. But yeah. uh, what's it's got past the censor it's clearly? Got, yeah, it's what's called this? it's called Diary of a Teenage Girl. Yeah, and uh, it it's it's been the focus of a fair bit of attention in the UK, where despite the appeals of director, this woman Marielle Heller, uh, the censor granted it an 18 certificate. Now we, we talked before about a, we talked before about various certs, but uh, there was a time, as you know, when movies were banned. And wide, wide sort of spread banning in this country where uh, they, they impose these 18 certs on movies where they cut movies. But we rarely get an 18 cert now. But in the, in this, in the UK, what has happened with this is that uh, they've given it an 18 cert citing strong sex, including mechanical cr- trusting, breast and buttock diary, uh, and nudity and implied oral sex. That's what the censor said was his reason for giving it the... Well, he the, clearly wasn't happy. No, he but wasn't. like, you see, 
sex in movies, mm. the great sex in movies, if you go back in so many of the movies, there wasn't any sex because you couldn't do it. Mm. it you know, it wasn't allowed. Yeah. But The famous keeping your, when you were in bed, keeping your yeah, but one foot on the ground. One foot on the ground. But there was tremendous tension. Yeah. Like, you know, the way Hedy Lamar yeah. uh, lured Richard, uh, Victor Matura sure. Samson to his death. That, but, but these women, or, or then, like, Bridget Bardo never did anything. And yet, when she looked at the screen, like, we were all going hysterical. Mm. So the <laughs> idea of just taking your clothes off yeah. is not no. the answer. No, in fact, it's generally not the answer. It's, yeah. not, it's not the answer in any kind of sense, uh, especially if you can express, say, attraction or you can express, say, sexual tension or whatever between two people without them even touching. Yeah. And you can do that. Uh, well, do you know what was wonderful? Uh, and we're really going back now. Mm. Uh, do you remember uh, Lana Turner was married to an old guy? He was a dentist or yeah. something. And the guy comes to work for them or stay with them or something. That's right. yeah. What was the black hair? John guy? Garfield. John Garfield. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. You were watching that and you were thinking, if only I could meet Lana Turner. And there was nothing in it like no. on screen. And that's a tremendous skill. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. By, they, by a director. No, it is. It is. I mean, I, I, absolutely, totally. And uh, quite a few good directors, especially from the, the sort of classical Hollywood period, could do it. Um, we were talking on the picture show last week about Preston Sturgis, George, and I used the clip from Sullivan's Travels. Uh, Preston Sturgis, which he, he used to write him and he directed him. And they were gorgeous. We got, we got some great reactions in the public from it. Uh, we, he, they were just gorgeous movies, great fast-paced dialogue. Uh, um, you know, uh, they were uh, the, in this scene, uh, Sullivan, played by Joe McRae, was with two studio heads and he was arguing with them. He wanted to go out on the road to experience uh, the depression, the Great Depression uh, on the road in America, and they didn't want him to go. They wanted him to continue to make movies called Hey Hey in the Hayloft <laughs> and, fans, and, and Ants in Your Pants of 1939 and stuff like that. But again, a great, great film. Okay. Yeah. Now, I know you're gagging to get on to the train. Yeah, yeah. Now, the first thing I would say about the train yeah. is I loved it. Burt yeah. Lancaster, directed by John Frankenheimer. Compared, really interesting comparison, maybe for people listening. Mm. It's a story about repatriating the great paintings mm. that the Nazis had stolen. Yeah. Now, the modern day version of that I would put to you is Monuments Men, uh, and the train beats Monuments oh, Men into a cocktail. You, you don't know how much it beats it. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it exactly. It's so different. There isn't a bad, there isn't a, a wrong, a, a, an ill-judged, a misjudged scene in the train as far as, and, and Monuments Men is very, very lax and loose yeah. and uh, ill-shapen. You know. Now, you said that, as you always do, you're mm. not satisfied watching a movie, but they then have oh, to I get the Blu-ray version, I right? Love, I love that stuff. Yeah. I love I love especially the commentaries. And in this case... Okay, the commentary. Tell yeah. me about this. Okay, in this case, I got a Blu-ray uh, version of The Train. It's just out. 
and uh, there's a commentary on it. There's several other things in it, good things in it, but the commentary on it by um, by Frankenheimer. And he starts off quite slowly, but he really sort of gets into into his subject and he develops it. Now, what, what we're talking about was, we're, okay, as you say, we're talking about this clash between this kind of railway engineer played by Burt Lancaster and, and this Nazi colonel played by uh, Paul Schofield. And Schofield wants to get all of these paintings. A lot, a lot of them seem to be impressionist paintings like Renoir's, Monet's, Manet's, uh, Pizarro's, all of these. He wants to get all of these together and bring them back to Germany, even though they... The Allies are closing in. The Allies are only, uh, th- this is set in, the start of it is set in Paris. Allies closing in just a few days away. But he wants to get off, to get out of town, basically, with the, the paintings. On a train. On a train. So that's August, I think it is, 1944. And one of the things that uh, that Frankenheimer talks about was he overheard uh, these uh, French transport officials talking about, uh, they were set at one station, and he heard them talking about an other station. And the idea of him using the other station appealed to him. So uh, they wanted apparently to create new gauges through the um, through the, the railway station and he said, okay, I'll blow it up for you. So what he did, so what, so what he, yeah, so, so what he did, what he did was he got 5,000 pounds of dynamite and under uh, the auspices of Charles de Gaulle's son, uh, they decided they planted this in the um, in the in the um, in the station, and they used twenty two cameras, George, to record it. And what he does is this is how detailed it is. He actually tells you they go through we go through the, all the explosions as this air attack is happening, and he, he he identifies which are special effects and which are dynamite dynamite special effects special effects all all the way through it. It's absolutely great stuff, great detail in it. But then he talks about Lancaster. Uh, he made five pictures at Lancaster, and he says that he's the he was the, he, nobody moved on screen. We know this anyway. Nobody moved on screen like Lancaster. There's a scene qu- quite early on as well in which this old timer played pa- called Papa Bull. Do you remember? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Pa- Pepper, oh, Pepper, he's an engineer as he's well. He's a big fat guy. B- big fat guy. And he, what he, there's a, um, a an attack on the train station, and he's racing. Uh, the train um, towards uh, into the station and um, Lancaster is trying to tell him to stop so Lancaster gets up in this tower and he starts to wave a flag at him and he ignores the Papa Bull ignores the flag so he throws the flag down he slides down a um, ladder a ladder yeah. and he does that, that with the legs that, outside absolutely, absolutely, oh yeah, yeah. And I then, always wanted to do that then he runs <laughs> yeah. then he runs along and he gets gets to the train and he starts to plead with Papa Bull and Papa Bull kicks him in the face and knocks him into a gully and Frankenheimer talks about this guy um, uh, doing this uh, there's another scene in it George where uh they, 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 there's a young resistance fighter and he's up on a, a roof. He's, he's disconnecting the electricity and he's up on a roof and um, the idea is he'll be shot by one of the Nazis and he'll fall down. And the, the guy, the, the, the fall is supposed to be done by a stuntman. The stuntman does it, but Frankenheimer reckons he makes it look like an Olympic dive. So they decide not to use it. Uh, Lancaster gets up, he puts on the kid's clothes and he actually does no. the fall Does the fall himself. Because, and of course, he had been a circus oh, performer. He's gorgeous. But in this movie, there's a fantastic shot mm. of, uh, they blow up the track yeah. and the train 
heads straight oh, for stop, the camera. Oh, but but wasn't this actually oh, incredibly the, the, dangerous? No, 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 this, the, the, oh, what happened in that case is that one of the stuntmen was to to pull the throttle on the train. He pulls the throttle, but the train heads off at about five times quicker than it was supposed to head off. So it's heading down. It's heading down into the uh, along the railway, and um, uh, what, what happens then is is it turns over. It knocks out apparently nine cameras, and there's one camera left. And they have it actually hidden. They have it down in the ground. They have a gully yeah. created for us down in the ground. And it's it's the only it's the only one that survives. And I the, the, some of the one of the best scenes in the picture actually comes from that okay. camera because what you get is this this wheel spinning towards the camera, and it looks as if it's going to come at you. It would have been great for three D. All right. Well, yeah. it's well worth getting. Mm. Uh, the train, John Frankenheimer, new series Aquarius on Sky. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Um, okay, first of all, it starts on uh, Tuesday, and uh, it's at nine o'clock. And it's set in California in 1967, which, as you know, was described as the summer of love. It stars uh, David Duchovny uh, as this L.A. police detective, and he's investigating the case of a missing girl, and he finds that she's become a member of the Manson family. So the investigation then kind of expands into the activities of the Manson Manson cult uh, in the period before. This is about a year and a half before the killing of Sharon Tate and what was it, a total, I think, of six other people that were murdered in this gruesome attack on Sharon Tate. So, um, uh, so that that's basically what you have. And uh, it's 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 it was done by NBC in the states. It's uh, been very well received. NBC has uh, has renewed it for a second series, so it looks very very okay. promising. Okay, now uh, we're running out of time, but yeah. quickly, your beloved Game of Thrones has a couple of more cast oh, members and two 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 guys that we kind of like. Uh, uh, f- first of all, um, there's Max von Sydow, and he plays a character called uh, Tree Eyed Raven, and he acts as um, uh, most. Of, uh, you, you've probably heard that most of the members of this Stark family have been wiped out, but there's a kid left, a young fella called Bran, and he had disappeared for the last series, but he's back now uh, with a vengeance in series six, as, and his mentor is this character, Tree Eyed Raven, who's played with Max von Sydow. Also coming into it is one of our favorites, Ian McShane. And, uh, not and, more Deadwood. Uh, not more Deadwood, no. <laughs> right. uh, this is about 10 years after Deadwood. So he's in it. I don't know what the part is that okay. hasn't been revealed. And by the way, the bosses of HBO have said that they would like it to go on, that's Game of Thrones, to go on for at least uh, eight series. So that would mean there's at least three more series to go. All right. Now, Max Fancino, of course, I really liked him as the contract killer oh, uh, with, with Cliff Robertson and, and Robert Redford. Exactly. Three, three days of the oh, Condor. Condor. I love him that. Yeah. He used to you were talking. You were talking there a minute ago about being able to suggest uh, menace, to be able to suggest menace, for instance. Yeah. and he, he he really does it in that. But but he made a lot of films for that guy Bergman, didn't yeah, he? he did. The Swedish yeah. director, yeah. who I could never understand. Okay. I didn't know what the hell he was at. Yeah. Before you go, yeah. I saw a movie. I think made for television. I've seen two about Lyndon Johnson. Okay. Now the story's back again. Yeah, there seems to be a big interest in him. Uh, all of a sudden. And uh, I don't know whether it's, I, it's not the really anniversary. Oh, okay, the, the first one is called LBJ, 
and um, and and then there's another one called All the Way. All the Way has Brian Cranston uh, of Breaking Bad starring as uh, as Johnson, and it's based on uh, it's an adaptation of a stage play, and that looks very very promising. And then as well as that, there's a Rob Rayner um, uh, film in which Woody Harrelson is going to play him. Um, now, the first one, all the way, is about that year after the death of JFK. It's the year in which the Civil Rights Act was, and it was the year in which America got deeply involved in all the right. Vietnam War. Okay. So the two of them look interesting. Because Johnson was with that, remember that Ford, Henry Ford executive yeah. advised him on Vietnam. Do you yeah. remember? I forget his name now. That? But the movie I saw, uh, he was played by... The brother of the guy yes. who played Jerry Lee Lewis. Quaid. Quaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Randy? Randy or... Quaid. Randy Quaid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big, sort of gormless looking face, yes. kind of rubbery looking face, a bit like uh, LBJ's face. Is it? Yeah. Whereas I can't see Brian Cranston as LBJ. No, but then we, there was probably a lot of things you couldn't see Brian Cranston as until he came into his own uh, in yes, recent times. Sure. Yeah. 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 And he's, uh, he's very impressive. He's a fine, fine actor. Oh, All right. Um, you like, I like political dramas. Oh, I love them. But anything to do with American history, any aspect of American history appeals to me because I, I, I just think it's great, you know. All right. Okay. Philip will be back. Uh, one of the things you can't bet against is Philip not being back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the picture show? Picture show at uh, six o'clock on Saturday. Uh, we have a wonderful actress called Get it, Greta Gerwig on it. And one that will appeal to you. Uh, Zulu was made by a guy called Cy Enfield, it was directed by him, and there's a new uh, biography out, and we have the writer of the biography. A biography Brian of Cy Enfield? Enfield yeah. Who, yeah. Uh, Who did was, Zulu? Yeah, he, was, he did Zulu, and he was, um, uh, he was blacklisted by the House on American Activities. All right, okay. So yeah. we have him as well. I mean, who have you got, Greta who? Gerwig, she's great. Okay. Yeah, um, I was I'll, just thinking it really would have been good if you got Greta Garbo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, something. you would have had a huge dig audience. Her up, dig her up, yeah. All right, that's it for this particular Wednesday night. Uh, uh, my thanks to the boys on sound, and then, of course, our own team of Imer O'Shea, Alex Russo, Joe Coffey, and Hilary McGann. But from our producer, Mark Simpson, who was enthralled, as always, by Philip's knowledge of mm-hmm. the film... Uh, producer Mark Simpson and myself, it's good night. Goodbye. Talk to you tomorrow.